it's Rhonda Shortino. Thank you so much for joining me for Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive. I know there's lots of other stuff that you could be listening to, but this podcast is for you. It's to help you live an amazing life, the life that you were born to live. It's to help you love, to put your love into action, because that will change your life and the lives of everyone within your influence. It's to help you survive the tough times and to help you mine the lessons out of everything you go through, especially the most painful stuff that you go through, and to use those exact things to thrive. This is Rhonda Shortino with Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive, and I'm so delighted to have Amber Jewell, Licensed Master Social Worker, with me again today. Today is the last in a series on hope and finding hope, and Amber's writing a book right now about hope, uh, and she knows an awful lot about this subject. And so today, this final day in this series, we're talking about finding hope through learning and sharing. So Amber, what, what shall we start with? Okay, there's, there's so much that we could start with, but I think the, in, in my book, um, each of these sections we've talked about this week is in the book in this order because there, there's a reason for that of kind of building yourself up to prepare you to learn and share, as you would typically say, the messages we have, or I, I kind of say it as the awesomeness that we have because um, we're all pretty awesome and have things to do and, and we don't want to forget that. So this week is in preparation for this. And so the first part of it is the learning. And when we talk about learning, there's really a couple of things I like to talk about of there's knowledge and knowledge is information and, and always wanting to get some more information. And the way I talk about this, and I'm going to reference my book today, uh, is I, I actually talk about how I learned how important it is to use our knowledge and, and enhance our knowledge to be able to find hope through hardships. Having been a kid in foster care, having a parent with mental illness, having a parent with addiction. I really had to gain some knowledge and deeper understanding of the complexities of mental illness, of the struggles people go through with addiction, to not only have my own healing, but finding my own hope in being able to be an individual who get past that, who can succeed with that in our lives, um, or people who struggle with that in our lives. And so that's what I really talk about, and I talk about that in the story, about how we have to have some knowledge to allow us to have compassion to allow us to have that healing we are worthy of, to set those boundaries. We gain knowledge from a lot of people. I gain knowledge from my people, from family, from friends, from you. Um, so don't limiting, not limiting ourselves by our ignorance. It's mm. really, really important. You know, um, I'm just noodling on what you said there because I think a lot of people I, I, who have found themselves in that kind of situation, you know, they're, they're in relationship with someone who has a substance abuse disorder or is, um, you know, has some kind of mental health diagnosis or they've got something going on. It, when I was being raised and I was raised by someone who uh, was mentally ill back in those days, you know, he, they, people didn't go get treatment. You really didn't. And we, can, we were very poor. So, you know, there was no going to the doctor or the psychiatrist. People just said, oh, he's just not right. And so, you know, if you're living with somebody who's just not right, they're just not behaving very well. Um, I, I, I think I think the tendency is to to pull back and you know try to take care of ourselves. And 
and, uh, you know, and, and build our walls of defense. It's interesting to me that you're talking about learning, right. um, learning about mental illness or learning about substance abuse disorder. Give us an example, maybe what you did in your life, you know, related to finding hope through learning or maybe, you know, other examples that you may have. So, so I, what I kind of hear you saying is talking about how, how do you learn? Like, how do you get that knowledge? And, and I think it's important to say that we're all a little different and, and we need a toolbox with us, just like a toolbox of, of skills for other things. We need a, a toolbox for this of how we learn and how we get knowledge. So that might be through a show. If some people look at me and they're like, I'm not going to read books. Amber, I'm not going to, and that's great. That's fine. A lot of people from hard places struggle actually with reading books right. and being able to have that concentration. Though that may be a struggle, don't use that as a reason that you can't. Don't use it as a, a limitation that you can't get past. So knowledge, going and asking somebody that you trust. So if you have set up this plan of your people, go and ask somebody about maybe a mental illness or let's say you just want to go get employment and you come from a poverty background and you don't have anything to put on your resume, don't assume that you can't go anywhere. Don't give up. Keep that hope fueling by getting knowledge. Go and ask somebody, Google it. These days we can Google just about anything. That's right. Text your people. Ask uh, the librarian for a simple book that shows you pictures. When we're from hard places, we see pictures a lot easier than reading things. So making sure that you Maybe go out of your comfort zone a little bit to get that information. If you want to go experience something as a way of learning, that can be helpful too. Um, so if you want to go to maybe a, a church you haven't traditionally been to or a speaking engagement or a video engagement where you want to learn something, um, those can be really helpful to get that knowledge so that eventually you can continue to grow with that to be the best version of yourself. Mm, this is really good. You gave me some ideas. Um, so audiobooks um, are amazing and almost everything is available as an audiobook. I shouldn't say that because I haven't sat down in the studio and recorded my books. <laughs> I need to do that. I've had several people ask me that, but, but there are so many books that are available on an audio basis and people can listen to them in their car while they're, you know, working out at the gym or whatever. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing that you made me think about when you said, you know, look, look at a simple book, a picture book. I, I remember I was raised by atheists. And um, when I became a Christian, it really, I'm just going to be totally honest. It's because I just, I wanted that sense of belonging somewhere. I really didn't understand anything about it. And I wasn't, uh, my first exposure to um, a church of my choice, not what the foster parents took me to when I was, you know, a little bitty, but, but actually going to a church. It wasn't a church that, um, that broke things down and, you know, and made it very simple. So I had a King James version of the Bible. <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I could not really, seriously. I mean, I have a, I have a, a, a pretty good IQ, a pretty robust vocabulary, and I couldn't make head or tails out of any of it. And so I got children's books. I got a children's Bible. And I got books that told, you know, children's books that told of stories in the Bible. And um, I got um, two albums that were by the Statler brothers, the Holy Bible, New Testament and Old Testament. And they're, and they're just stories that have been turned into song. And, and I know for me, 
uh, my second grade teacher, Mary Bradford, God bless her, said, I remember her saying when I was in second grade, if you want Rhonda to remember anything, you should set it to music. And so I hear a song and I absorb lyrics much better than, you know, than, than trying to read and, and retain something. So I probably learned most of what I know about um, God and the Bible from the Statler Brothers. Thank you very much, Statler Brothers. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm saying all that because there's no shame. There's no shame. In, in getting the audiobook, in reading children's books. I mean, however you learn, learn. Right. Now do it. And, uh, and don't let, um, you know, dyslexia or just, you know, an inability to just sit still and concentrate on a book. A lot of people have circumstances in their lives where, you know, they have kids or they have, you know, whatever they have going on and they can't, you know, get five minutes of quiet time to read. So, um, yeah, and the whole experiential thing. I love experiential learning. I mean, you can learn more in an hour with, um, you know, for example, if I want to understand aviation, and I use this as an example a lot because I don't right. understand why that gajillion pound thing stays in the air. I'm sorry. I just don't have it. There's just not a like scientific thing going on in my head whatsoever. So my husband who loves aviation and he loves to fly and I wouldn't fly anywhere has taken me to the Smithsonian. I mean, he's given, you know, given me books. He's tried to teach me. And um, I can tell you that one hour of a conversation with a United Airlines, um, not just pilot, but the captain, um, helped me understand more about aviation than all of the stuff that I read. Right. You know, because I just couldn't tell you now, even after re I tried, I read, I, you know, because that's, I'm a reader, I love to read, but I, I'm sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what an aileron is to save my soul from going to hell. If that was the question that, St. Peter asked at the pearly gates, I'd just be standing outside like, well, that's a bummer. You know, I can't, I'm not going in. So find somebody and, and we can do that now. My goodness. Like you never could before. You could tweet anybody and, and you'd be surprised how many people will respond. Yeah. And, and this is finding maybe an expert um, and learning about them, a mentor, you could have a mentor and those are great to be able to have somebody who has some more knowledge and experience to guide you to whatever it is. And also it just helps you to be a more, a better well-rounded person. Um, and I, I want to clarify that, that getting some knowledge doesn't mean you're necessarily going to agree with something mm -hmm. like in, in what you're saying, you're probably never going to be into flying or really just want to go check it out. However, you are more competent and more relatable and maybe even a little more compassionate to your husband and his interests. Um, or if you wanted to argue with him, sometimes you're more competent and knowledgeable in, in being able to do that and have informed discussions, which is a great, great skill in life when we're teaching our kids, when you're working with elders in your family, when you're working with your community, or when you're trying to do something and change something. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful. And then the other thing I wanted to note in that is you said um, knowledge, and then there's also wisdom. And I always like to clarify that those are different. Knowledge is really that information and gaining that information. Wisdom is from experience and, and a deeper understanding of something. And they may be contingent on one another, but probably not. You can have a, a lot of wisdom from experience and still need to gain knowledge. You might have a lot of knowledge and not a lot of experience wisdom. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And, and growing them together. That's a really good point. I want you to be happy, and you can be. That's why I wrote the book, 
30 Days to Happiness that was featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show and was included in her Kindbox distribution. So many people have reported finding their happiness with this book. Please go to my website, Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A dot O-R-G, and order your copy today. Listen, this is not some foo-foo fluffy thing. These are meaningful, significant steps that you can take every single day to create your success. So let's say that somebody is living with someone who has a substance abuse disorder or who is mentally ill or, you know, they just are in a really, really, really tough place right now. Um, And people who we know that people who are stressed are probably not, you know, being their best selves. So if you have somebody right now who's, you know, living with someone who's difficult and so, okay, so they take your advice and they go online and they try to learn does the knowledge are you saying that the knowledge leads to compassion about the situation does the knowledge lead to maybe making different decisions about our own actions i mean help me connect the dots in my mind because i always think okay if i have questions then somebody else you know watching has questions so how does learning about a thing help us to find hope about that thing yes so that's exactly why we piece together the learning and the sharing okay what we know helps us conform our decisions. So we are making better informed decisions. So let's say, um, like in my situation, we ca- I came from a home that's really struggled with mental illness and, and addiction. And so if I had been going to a AA meeting or something like that to learn about addiction or mental health. And, and so what I did do is I, I learned a lot about the mental illness that was in my family. and some of the complications that came in it. And so it really helped me set, this is back to a couple days ago, boundaries mm-hmm. with that family member and not take what this family member said personal, but be able to connect it to the mental illness. Uh-huh. And let me clarify, this doesn't mean that I wasn't still setting boundaries. It actually equipped me to set boundaries and be content with that. Mm. And then the sharing component came whenever I could say, to somebody else struggling with a parent with a mental illness or a friend with a mental illness, I could say, man, I've been there because we need that. We need those people too. And I could say, I have been there and it is tough. It is tough, tough, tough. And it hurt, it's hurts us. It hurts them. Let's talk about what that is. Let's talk about where you have some power in this to become the better version of you when it's an issue that somebody else struggles with. Mm, that's really good. So it helps you to set boundaries. It helps you, it sounds like, to have empathy. It helps you to, if I heard you right, to be able to say, okay, that's, that's not him talking. That's the mental illness talking or that's the addiction talking. So to, to make a separation yeah. in there. It's able to separate the person from the behavior. Mm. How you can love a person, especially those of us from like foster care or hard places, separate who the person is from how that person behaves. And you know what that is, Rhonda? That is a step into healing. That is a step into forgiveness. That is a step into hope for the future and hope in us, which is what this is all about. Knowing that there is hope of the greater ones that we can be and will be. It's an amazing thing. That's really, um, it's really significant. That's even profound. I hadn't thought about that being a step toward healing. But when you said that, 
this is why I talk too much when I'm with you. You say things and I go, oh yeah. And then, you know, and then I talk too much. Um, but you, I know that you're right because even though I never thought of this, even all these years later, um, after, I mean, my gosh, I emancipated and got out of the abusive um, place that I came from when I was 16. I'm now 59. I mean, it's been a couple of months since I've been in that situation. And in all that time, I never put together what you just said. That when I was able to see my grandfather as the wounded person he was, when, when I could separate and say, okay, it's not that he hates me. Um, the problem is his, it's not mine. I hadn't done anything to deserve the things that he did. And I, it, when I started to think that way, I made better decisions for me. Right. I decided to seek emancipation. Um, I decided that I was not going to live the way he lived. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I was going to do better. So I did, I made better decisions, but then there also was healing there because this man who beat me for any reason or no reason at all, this man who would, I would wake up in the middle of the night with a pillow over my head because he had decided that I was just too wounded and he would just go ahead and kill me. Literally, like that was his logic. And it was for him, that was like a totally normal, logical thing. I'm just gonna put her out of her misery. She's messed up anyway. Um, but I, you know, as a little girl, I'd wake up with a pillow over my head and I'd be fighting off this, you know, six foot two guy. and. And so I was able though, when I, when I started to understand that it was his issue, he was mentally ill, it wasn't me. I thought I began to feel better about myself. And then when I was looking at, okay, why is he this way? How did he get that way? He was somebody's little boy. You know, how, when, when did this happen? And all I had to do to answer that question was to see him without a shirt on because from the back of his head all the way down his back were scars where he had been beaten with hot chains. Mm -hmm. And I know that's, I shouldn't probably say that on a live stream because you know, now I'm gonna give people nightmares. I mean, <laughs> you and I both came from really hard places. So I've noticed that former foster kids are far more likely to just pop off with something that leaves right. people you know, bleeding in the street. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but you know, when I, would, when I saw that, when I would look at him and go, oh man, you know what? he probably has done the best that he knew how to do mm -hmm. in his life because yeah, he was I, really wounded. What I think is so important is that may change him. Rhonda, are you saying that? And it may not, but at the end of the day, coming to that realization that it helps you be the best person that you can uh, to end that cycle, to make changes. And then, you know what that's doing is that knowledge you're getting and that wisdom that you're taking from your experience, now you're putting that into that share and that action by speaking about it, writing about it, doing a business about it, helping one person, that's where we're sharing it. It's a process though. We have to have that knowledge. We have to work on the healing, maybe not be to the end of the healing. It's a process. It took me a long time way into adulthood before I could say this type of stuff. And then we are equipped to share it. And that's where the most fulfilling blessings come in us and those we talk to. Oh, that's so true. Because I mean, uh, to, to conclude my story, I was with him the day he died. I was holding his hand. I was praying with him. And this lifelong atheist gave his life to Jesus in the last Amen. hours of his life because I was willing to see him 
for the wounded little boy who was inside of him. Right. And because I didn't hold all that he had done against him, because I think it just, I just happened to be there. It wasn't, he wasn't taking it out on me personally. He just was such a miserable person, but there was healing in those last hours of his life. And consequently, there's been healing for me, right? If he had died without us, um, you know, coming to some kind of a copacetic place, I probably would carry that kind of, you know, toxin with me. Right. And, but I haven't, I was able to let all that go. So I hope that, um, I hope that people who are in those kinds of really difficult relationships hear this. I hope that people, you know, share this, uh, the video that gets posted and, and that people who really need it hear this because you really and truly can, I'm, I'm, I'm proof of it and you're proof of it. Yeah. We can find hope through learning, through sharing, as in the other, um, uh, Facebook live events we've done this week, you can find hope through setting healthy boundaries. You can find hope with your people. You can find hope in tough places. So I also hope that everybody will go to uh, amberjewel.org and subscribe. You know, get in touch with Amber. Um, I think you have a YouTube channel also, right? Yes. Amber Jewel with two L's. And yeah. uh, Amber has a, a project that she did there, uh, the Hope Project. Her book is coming out uh, later on this year. And, and so um, if you need hope, and who doesn't need hope? I hope that you'll connect with Amber on an ongoing basis. So any last thing that you want to share with our people? I'm just excited to see where everybody takes that step forward from this week. Wherever you started at is the perfect place to start. And so continuing that and as with tomorrow being the 4th of July, remembering that there's a freedom um, that we're celebrating and there's also a freedom that we each individually deserve in our lives. And these are some tools to get you started for that. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe. I hope you'll share with others and, and just come alongside of us in helping people to live, love, survive, and thrive. See you next time.